Hello and welcome to Ukrainian Field Notes with Gianmarco De Re for Resonance FM. Ukrainian Field Notes started off as a series of interviews with Ukrainian artists for the experimental music website A Closer Listen. This month we are going to be covering the current situation in Odessa and to begin with a track from our guests for today, Casa Ukraina. And this is a Trunok u Darunok from the fundraising compilation Tiniprovia released on their own label Catacomb.
So that was uh, Drunok Udarunok by uh, Kaza Ukraina, who are joining us today from Odessa. But let them introduce themselves. I am uh, Leonid Zdanov. Uh, this is my wife. Uh, Nata Hrycenko. Uh, we are both a duo Casa Ukraina, also a magazine named Hatakomp. Also we have uh, different uh, minor musical projects, but this is our main. So, um, according to um, figures quoted by Ukrainska Pravda, uh, Russian troops used uh, 84 cruise missiles and 24 unmanned aerial vehicles against peaceful cities in Ukraine on the morning of uh, October the 10th. What is the um, current mood on the ground in Odessa? Well, the thing is, uh, Odessa is uh, quite relaxed as it is and quite, shall we say, Judaistic city. Uh, so uh, it is always hard to do something that uh, would push Odessa citizens uh, radically from their comfort zone. We know that um, with all that's happening, it's not always uh, safe. Uh, so we know that there is a real risk always with this war, but uh, we can see that uh, uh, Odessa citizens are still quite relaxed, so they don't panic even with these attacks. Uh, and uh, I can say that uh, there was some radical change in the mood. I guess life goes on. Before the uh, 10th of October, uh, I think uh, we had only one missile attack uh, from the August 1st, uh, which caused uh, the damage uh, to the infrastructure. Uh, so the most attacks uh, are making from the drones, and uh, the most of the drones are destroyed by our anti-aircraft uh, defense. So the citizens uh, for the last couple of months, uh, they get used uh, for the drones. Yeah, actually uh, it, uh, it happens so that uh, Odessa uh, anti-aircraft defense is quite legendary. So it's one of the best anti-aircraft defenses in all the countries. So even though uh, the city if we see the news, the city is attacked almost every day, and the, the region, the whole region, Odessa region, is attacked almost every day, but uh, the most of those uh, missiles or drones are being taken down, so we actually don't even hear most of those. So it's quite safe in the city for now. And if we talk about October the 10th, there was uh, three missile and five or four drones, on uh, the, which attacked Odessa and they was uh, destroyed all rockets and all drones. None of them hit uh, any target. I understand that in the immediate aftermath of the um, full-scale invasion of uh, February 24th, uh, there were protecting sandbags and roadblocks uh, put in place uh, around the city and that these were subsequently removed when the um, threat of a direct attack on Odessa subsided. What is the um, situation like present and are the uh, roadblocks and the uh, sandbags back? Uh, no, actually uh, everything is uh, pretty much the same as it was for the last several months. The first reaction in uh, February and March, it, it was of course uh, uh, people were scared, and people were looking for shelters and, uh, for, and many people left, but then people gradually got used to that and um, 
uh, here in Ukraine, a lot of people, including ourselves, uh, have developed some kind of philosophical attitude. For example, if the missile flies and hits the residential building, it can destroy the whole building. So even if you are sitting not near the window, you are sitting in the hall, but the whole building is destroyed, so you you have uh, no, no chance, basically no chance of surviving. And there is uh, a popular uh, attitude in Ukraine, so if it hits, it hits, and if it misses, it misses. So either, either it hits you and you can't uh, really do anything with that, or it misses and you can go on with your life. And about sandbags, they're still uh, protecting the cultural uh, units, like our monuments in the historical city. They protect uh, the underground uh, floors uh, in the hospitals, in the churches, etc. So they're still for eight or nine months. But the blocks are uh, removed. removed. Yeah, yeah.
That was um, Asterisk, a track by another Odessa-based uh, artist, uh, Andrew Despot. And this track was um, taken from a compilation of electronic music uh, released by Sistema. And the compilation is called Sestro. And it was designed to um, directly financially support the uh, NGO Sphere, which is a um, Kharkiv-based organization that actively helps women and LGBT plus people from Eastern Ukraine. But we're back with um, Nata and Leonid, and um, this is, might be a um, very, very silly question. Uh, but what was the um, summer like in uh, Odessa, considering that the um, seaside and the uh, beaches were off limits because of the uh, mines? <laughs> I think it's a controversial question, because uh, as we uh, said uh, in the beginning, uh, Odessa is quite relaxed and hedonistic and uh, a lot of people they didn't care about the warnings uh, from the militaries and from the city officials so uh, of course uh, there wasn't uh, a tourist season in Odessa and on the coast of course uh, we uh, lost a huge amount of money because of Uh, lack of tourism tourism. but uh, there was some strange peoples uh, which ignored uh, these warnings and uh, uh, during the summer we had I think near 10 or maybe 15 uh, situations where uh, people going to swim and just triggered the mines uh, and the people are died this was in odessa this was in kobleva this was in sanjeka and uh, another places on the coast yeah it's like the reverse side of this uh, uh, jedinistic lifestyle in odessa so people think uh, uh, that uh, it's not, not gonna happen. Yeah, it's not a big deal. It will be okay. I won't go very far, but uh, he goes to swim uh, just after the storm when some Russian mine is being <laughs> is, is swimming right to the coast. And so this thing happened. And um, we didn't go to the beach uh, anytime this year. Yeah, so so. Yeah, of course, there are some restrictions, not only on the sea, but uh, uh, in some other places, because the militaries are setting their their bases and their these points uh, with weapons there. So there, there is a number of places where you can can just go this year and uh, it's it's not it's a, a normal. Thing. It's it's not a big. I guess price to pay for being safe.
So that was a um, track by uh, The House of the Hidden Light. The track was called The Abducted Automaton and it was um, taken from the uh, fundraising compilation released by Casa Ukrainia. And we're back with uh, Nata Naonit. And um, I just wanted to ask you, um, you've been uh, donating proceeds from uh, your compilation to... um, help deoccupy the nearby Herson region. From your knowledge, what is the um, actual current situation there since the um, Russian annexation? First of all, we have uh, something of the, uh, like the silence regime. So our government asked us to, uh, to share only the official information. We know some rumors, but uh, the thing is that we must share only this official information, so when some territory is deoccupied, uh, we can uh, talk about it only when the government says officially that this territory was deoccupied. So, we, as we heard, there are more territories deoccupied right now than 
they say officially, but we cannot uh, say it for sure. And uh, for now it's uh, going on the right uh, side of the Dnipro, as I know. And uh, there's a uh, uh, pretty normal uh, situation, but uh, as I personally, it's just my personal opinion. Uh, if we said about the left side of the Dnipro, it's a uh, Kherson uh, and uh, more uh, on the east and uh, south uh, part of the Khersonska Oblast, which was occupied uh, almost uh, all of the uh, all time uh, in the past uh, eight months. I guess uh, there will be a lot of uh, situations and places like uh, uh, we see in Izum and Liman and I mean uh, mass graves, tortured chambers and that kind of stuff uh, that was in the deoccupied uh, uh, places in Kyivska oblast, in Kharkivska oblast. Yeah, so the situation with uh, key region like Bucha and Irpin and other cities, they were occupied only for one for month and a half, and the Russians uh, have already dis nearly destroyed those cities for the short period of time, and uh, Kherson region is occupied for nearly eight months already. What were the uh, most um, needed um, items that you've um, been fundraising for? From our experience um, in donations and uh, conversations with volunteers is uh, drones, tactical medicine, uh, the now uh, winter uniform. Warm clothes. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, cars. A lot of cars, because it's a very, very important uh, in Asset. terms of logistic. Yeah, we try to like uh, spread these uh, donations from the compilation to some different causes, and uh, we we wanted to give some money directly to the volunteers here in the south, so those people right in Odessa uh, or in the neighboring cities, the people that uh, we know for sure. Uh, do, doing some, that are buying some supplies for soldiers here in the south.
Dalziam check Malunok by Polje, who's also based in Odessa. And this track is also from a fundraising compilation, this one called Natatok One, and released by the new label Likipid Naomi. And we're back with Nata and Naomi. The uh, full-scale invasion has been going on since uh, February the uh, 24th and um, the Ukrainians have been um, actively fundraising ever since. How um, do you deal with um, feelings of uh, burnout and how do you um, keep the uh, momentum going? Well, I guess it's the usual thing for all the, Ukrain- for all the Ukrainians, so it's, it's actually a usual thing for all people, but uh, the Ukrainians are in particular stress it's the constant stress and it's again the matter of uh, reswitching yourself if you feel that burning out or if you feel sad uh, you better try to make yourself angry because we say that anger is uh, more efficient emotion than sadness so so it it's uh, completely normal that we uh, we feel this um, helplessness sometimes and uh, sometimes we don't want to do anything because you uh, you just you just walking up and you read the news and think oh not again but we always think about the people who are in much much worse conditions than we obviously we give ourselves some time to some time to reflect on things but then we better remember that Again, anger is better and more efficient than sadness or the burnout. So, so just do anything that you can do right now, however small, but you do this and uh, it helps you to move back into this productive state. And uh, if we uh, t- talk about our creative uh, side, we uh, had uh, an album uh, which we didn't uh, release last october last year and we planned to release it in april <laughs> and uh, it was failed a lot so we know that we need to release it uh, to a date any my condition is not an <laughs> Excuse. It's not excuse, cause uh, these things is need to do. Like we played to gigs uh, to raise uh, some funds for army, but uh, uh, we did d- don't play a lot. <laughs> we, we play uh, very rare. But uh, this year the situation is uh, we. So we need to do uh, things that are not comfortable because uh, there is a purpose uh, bigger than our own comfort, our own uh, psychological condition, our physical condition, etc. So obviously a lot of people have to do something right now that they don't like or they don't want, but that is needed to do. So whatever we can do as musicians, or as a citizens, uh, we try to do it. So it sometimes seems that those are very small things, but uh, uh, there is the, there's this bigger hope that uh, comes from these small things. 
And now we're going to have a track uh, selected for us by uh, Casa Ukrania and uh, Nata is uh, going to introduce it for us. The track we would like to present is called The League and it's from our new album that would be released uh, very soon. It is an album about Holocaust in Odessa and like uh, many music in Ukraine today it had no direct connection with current events but uh, it appeared that it actually has because uh, of course when we were preparing this album we were thinking about uh, the experience of uh, people in uh, Odessa in the 40s and uh, now we s- we're seeing that some of these experiences are repeating themselves in different cities in Ukraine and um, could have also happened here in Odessa again. Thankfully it haven't. And this particular track uh, we were planning to record with the involvement of Yuri Samson from Kadaicha and uh, of course he couldn't do it because of the invasion and um, we, we did a new version in the last few months we made it more noisy more loud and with new instruments and uh, this new sound of this track could have been possible only in this cir- circumstances so if uh, there wouldn't be uh, this invasion that the track would sound very very differently but um, we're happy that uh, it reflects our current emotional state and uh, the current uh, experience uh, of ukrainians as well as those experience of the Jews in Odessa in the 40s that we tried to imagine.
What are the uh, common misconceptions about Ukraine in Western media that you still find yourselves having to counter? And what do you find uh, most uh, questionable about the uh, Western narrative about the war? I can't uh, talk about this without uh, violent words, because it's a very tr triggered uh, theme for me, so uh, all the answer will be from my wife. So uh, I would say, I would use the word, the word infuriating, because you might know the story about the Nobel Prize, the, the Nobel Peace Prize, and this was the most infuriating thing. Not the fact that the Nobel Prize was given to this particular Ukrainian organization, this particular Russian organization, this particular Belarusian activist, but the, the idea to give this prize uh, to the three countries that are at war right now, that uh, basically hate each other for a reason. From our perspective, it looked like uh, the West doesn't want to deal with it, to like to explore this uh, issue who is fighting whom, what is the what is the reason for that war they know that this eastern this some some of these countries in eastern Europe are fighting so let's give them like a shared price maybe maybe it would be like a peaceful gesture or something like that and um, this was very offensive for us because it, it is the very same idea that we are trying to debunk for the whole this time, this uh, myth about uh, so-called brotherly nations, that Ukrainians, Russians and Belarusians are like one big nation and uh, we are brothers and that we need to live in peace with each other. And uh, the practice from our perspective shows that Russians are, all Russians do, they're trying to, uh, to, to destroy us as a nation. They, pose it like that, they say say directly that Ukrainians must be destroyed as a nation, as the ethnicity. And um, this uh, story with the Nobel Prize, it's like the, the marker of this Western perspective a lot, because the thing that uh, we are trying to explain for all, for all this time is the idea that Russia equals the Russians. Because many people in the West, they think that uh, this uh, Russia equals Putin and the, the whole blame must be put on Putin himself as one person and like Russians are innocent victims. So the, the, the idea is that Russians, they often say to us that Russians are the same victims of this war as you Ukrainians. And this is a most uh, offensive conception to us uh, because the Russians were practically silent for all these eight months. Uh, so whatever happens, they were either silent or they said that we like stage all that, that it is all a lie, that uh, there is no such thing as Bucha massacre. That we stay silent as a society, but uh, of course we can read and see their comments on the YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, etc. So we know what they think about this and... Uh, what they, and what they say, so, so like, 
there is another tragedy, another Russian missiles hit uh, some mall or some residential building or something like that, or like it was on Monday, many missiles hit, hit some uh, targets and the whole Ukraine is uh, just uh, not shocked. We, we a little get used to, to that, but uh, still, still shocked to a degree. And, uh, and the Russians uh, write in their social media that it's so cool. It's what we needed, like it's what we needed to do all the time, that Ukrainians totally dissolved that. And when you see like photo of some dead child that was killed by a Russian missile, and then you see like otherwise uh, very uh, gentle and pleasant Russians write some offensive comments under the photo of this dead child, like, oh, it's Ukrainian child, it totally We're dissolved. About Venice. Yeah, it was, uh, it, 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 I'm talking from a, it, it's a real story, so, <clears throat> like, it's Ukrainian child anyways, we don't need to be sorry for it, and so, uh, the idea is that Russians do not equal Putin, like if Putin Putin is to blame for everything and Russians are innocent. But from our perspective, we can see that it is, it is, it is so untrue because we tried we tried for several years. Uh, there is um, there is a concept uh, in in Ukraine, the so-called good Russians, like we tried uh, some people of Ukraine trying to find some good Russians some people that are decent in Russia. So, like, maybe, yeah, 90% of uh, Russians are, uh, are bad, but uh, there are some decent people. And uh, from our practical observations for the, last, for, in the, for the last eight months, we see that there is basically no such thing as decent Russian, because even the most decent of them they stumble upon uh, this Ukrainian question. So the most decent and the most uh, the, the best people of Russia when it comes to Ukraine, when it comes to recognizing Ukrainian sovereignty, Ukrainians language, language, culture and right to live, the most decent Russia start to say very offensive things for Ukrainians. And uh, uh, the thing that we we all our country tries to say to the West and to the whole world that um, Russians are not innocent victims. That if their country, if they have collectively brought their country to do such horrible things, because Putin doesn't do this, all this massacre himself, also ordinary Russians that do this massacre. And uh, we, try, we try to tell everyone that um, Russians must have this collective responsibility for the actions of their country. If they don't want to take this collective responsibility, then they must refuse to name themselves Russian. Because if they say that they are Russians, if they are proud, of the fact that they are Russians, they must take this responsibility. And until Russia and every Russian on the planet Earth takes this collective responsibility for the for the actions that Russia does, uh, there can be cannot be any talk about the dialogue about peace. So the only the only thing that we can accept from Russia uh, it's uh, military defeat 
reparations and all of that. And now a um, second track uh, selected for us by uh, Casa Ukrania. Once again, it's uh, Nata who's uh, going to introduce it for us. This second track is uh, from our Odessa friend. The project is called uh, Ginger Snaps and the song is called Zaida. The close meaning in English is intruder. It is a very popular genre in Ukraine now, not the musical genre, but like the uh, literature genre, this message to the occupant. So there appear in a lot of songs that aim to say to the intruder, to the invader, that uh, he is not welcomed here. And this is exactly the song about that, about um, this uh, offensiveness of, of this intru intrusion, about the unbreakability of Ukrainians and uh, in the text, the, the chorus of the song ends with a very powerful words uh, uh, closely translated as uh, the Russian uh, uh, fuck off to your swamps and uh, we think that it's a very powerful song that can lift a spirit that can pump this uh, anger this aggression that we need to come through all these uh, troubles and uh, all this uh, painstaking process of uh, winning of this war.
we're back with uh, Nata and Naonid. How do you um, see the um, situation developing over the winter and into the new year? Our counter-offensive uh, will be succeed, because uh, Russians, uh, uh, they uh, lost? Huh? They lack. No, pre-pre-hermit. That they lose uh, battle after battle, so uh, in military sense uh, we will succeed, but uh, they will hit uh, civilians, they will hit uh, our infrastructure, they uh, would try to, uh, as we said, uh, that buff. The power, electricity, etc., etc. They will be trying to cut us from the civilization, and they will fail in this too. Because we are a big country, we are not Belarusia uh, or any middle or small European country. We are pretty big in territory and uh, in population, so they just don't know what they started. They will fail anyway. I think in spring we'll back everything, uh, all our territories. Yeah, maybe, maybe not in spring, but uh, uh, the counter-offensive must be successful because uh, we still have resources and we have uh, this Western and help. We have organization with and we have help from the West. Yeah, so Russians, they obviously start to lack resources right now they lack people they lack ammunition and uh, we're just we're just getting stronger because they the already the get missiles and uh, vehicles from Belarusia. they get their t-64 62 <laughs> tanks yeah so so and uh, here the whole country stands as one front so every every man and woman in ukraine and child uh, knows that we must uh, work together to succeed to, to to support our army so so we just continue to do that and uh, hopefully the next year we will have all our territories back including all the eastern ukraine and including crimea of course and on that note we're gonna have to leave it there it's time to wrap up that was uh, Ukrainian field notes with uh, Gianmarco de Re for Resonance FM. For more interviews with uh, Ukrainian artists, please uh, refer to the Experimental Music website A Closer Listen. Thanks again to our guests Nata and Leonid from uh, Casa Ukrainia. We're going to leave you with uh, one last track from them. This is the acoustic version of Krov Moya. Сестра моя, ми говорили з тобою, ти плакала я ще не знов, скільки у світі є болю. Я бачив вогонь, я йшов за ним аж до краю. Кров на губах вмить, коли подих зникає.
І не приходить весна. В мороці зникла вона, Сестро, я хочу до тебе та глибоко на Я чую, як стогне вночі, і криком заходиться небо. Дзвін пролунав на біду, я за тобою йду, де б ти не був, хоч би глибоко в пеклі тебе я знайду. Thank you.